Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode 61 of the Reinventure Me Podcast. Whatever you and I engage in of importance is vulnerable to resistance. Some of it is even persistent. We're going to talk about persistent resistance in this episode of Reinventure Me. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me Podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Well, hello and welcome to episode 61 of the Reinventure Me Podcast. This is Larry Gates and I'm here with... Armin Asadi. Armin, my Asadi, my sidekick, my friend. My Asadi. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Part of the posse, the podcast posse right. for right. Reinventure Me. My Asadi. I love it. <laughs> we are here to help you discover new ways to reinvent your life, your opportunities, and the ventures God's called you into. This is the Reinventure Me podcast. You're going to find show notes for all the stuff we're going to talk about at reinventure.me slash 61. And that's because we're in episode 61 already. Boom. Logic. <laughs> I love it. It just seems like an hour ago we were in episode 60. Because <laughs> <laughs> we were. Yeah, you know, we just re- recorded two shows back to back here. And this is going to be an episode that's going to get a little personal. Aren't they all kind of <laughs> yeah, <laughs> make them all some first. of them are a little bit more than others, but I think that this is going to be a little bit personal because it's about resistance. You know, it is. it's like, ooh, it it's a little bit scary, right? Yeah, a little vulnerable. Yeah, it's well, all right. I think so. All right. So well, if you feel me backing away, <laughs> you, you, you call me out. <laughs> hey, but let's start with some inspire me. Huh? Yeah, why don't you kick it up? Yogi Berra, the baseball Hall of Fame legend and the Whitical dude, the guy that has more yogiisms than, well, anyway, he's the guy. He said 90% of the game is half mental. And I think that that's really true for what we're going to talk about. You yeah, know, it's a little bit tongue in cheek, but you know, 90% of the game is half mental. <laughs> <laughs> and just don't let the math ruin it for you. <laughs> it already did. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, you know, we talked about resistance a long time ago. Yep. Episode 18. Yeah, let's have 43 episodes ago. <laughs> wow, good math. There hey, there you go. And that was a long time ago. We got to revisit this topic. Yeah. Back then, we spent a lot of time talking about Stephen Pressfield's book, The War of Art, and he had so many pithy quotes about resistance, and mm-hmm. you know, we talked a little bit about what that is, and indefatigable, you know, it's just always there. Yeah. I think we need to go a little deeper in this episode. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about persistence resistance. This idea of persistent resistance is something really that I think we got to grab a hold of. If we want to unlock a new path for our lives, no matter what it is, resistance is the thing that's keeping you from something. We often find it when we're procrastinating about something, mm-hmm. and it usually comes up that way as procrastination, and it's putting something off, and that's right. clearly a form of resistance. But we're not talking about average procrastination here, mm-hmm. where you just don't want to do something because it's like not in your sweet spot. Or What we're talking about here is resistance to something that you really, really want to do, and you've really, really wanted to do it for a long time, and you just cannot find why you can't get to it. Yep, That's persistent resistance, and that's what we've got to get into today, because in many ways, we're all vulnerable to it. 
Yeah. And we've got to figure out what that's about. I've actually been assessing this in myself for a really long time. Mm. Not a really long time. I should say maybe a last year and a half, two years. Mm. I've that's made... long enough to be persistent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't made a ton of progress, but I have made progress. That's the idea of resistance. Hey, right? you put it together. Long time, no progress. There you go. That's the definition so of persistent this, resistance. Yeah. So this yeah. is really good for me. I'm really excited to be talking about this. Uh, At the same time, I'm really nervous. I'm scared too. I am. It's so weird. Like every time this comes up, it's like I almost don't want to address it. Well, you know, that's we got to do this show because, you know, to not do it would be to resist doing the very yeah, thing. Yeah, I've got to lean into it, right? I would rather have to resist it. <laughs> but anyways, keep going. Well, listen, re- resistance is kind of like you want to break it down. It's made up in two parts, right? There's the behavior of resistance, this thing that's like, okay, I'm procrastinating, I'm not leaning into it, I'm mm. avoiding it. And then there's the beliefs of resistance. And those are the reasons we're not leaning into it. So usually those are the things that are limiting beliefs. They're the error in our thinking, mm-hmm. the thing that's keeping us back, but we can't necessarily see it. We're driven by it. It's like we're a fish in water and we're not aware of the water, mm-hmm. but we're living in that belief system. And we don't know because we're so entrenched in it what it is right on so what we got to figure out is when we experience this persistent resistance how do we dig under that how do we understand what i would call linchpin beliefs you grab a hold of that belief and it has more effect on your life than just the one area that you're dealing with it's something that affects a lot of the things that you do how do you discover your areas of persistent resistance in your eyes I'm no expert on this, all right? I'll go to say that, but here's some of my own journey into it. And it may sound simple, but I think the two words that we're using here, persistent resistance, offer the key. First of all, you have to identify what is it that you persistently want to do. And when you get a hold of, hey, this has like been on my bucket list. I just watched that movie again for probably the eighth time last night. you like it that much? No, I don't, but it was on and I was resisting something else. So I watched it. Naturally. Well done. So when you can identify things that you've wanted to do, but you haven't, that's the persistent part, right? And the second part of that is to identify then what behaviors do you engage in that keep you from it? And so those are the avoidance tactics, right? So that's the resistance part. Go back to Yogi Bear a second. One of his other sayings is, you can observe a lot by just watching. <laughs> Thanks, Yogi. <laughs> but I think if you just watch the things that you avoid, what are your avoidance behaviors? Mm-hmm. You can identify the areas of resistance that you have, right? Yep. So that when you get that idea of what those behaviors are, then the key question is, when I'm engaging in that, what's the underlying emotion? Because mm-hmm. that underlying emotion is the thing that's triggering that behavior, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the clue to understanding what the problem is and the underlying belief that you have that's a misnomer. I'll give some avoidance tactics that Mm. I've seen. Good, I need more. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Here's a really clever avoidance tactic that one of my friends is completely unaware of this being an avoidance tactic. You always hear about how important it is to read, right? It Mm -hmm. makes you a better business person, Mm -hmm. a better leader, a better this, a better Mm -hmm. that. But in his business, it requires for him to be able to sell what he has. Mm-hmm. And he would always avoid selling during the day. Right, by reading. By reading. Yes. Even though it was a very good thing that he's doing. Yes. He's doing a very good thing. Yes. At an inopportune time. Yes. That's helping him avoid the thing he doesn't right. want to do, but he has to do to succeed. And that's because it's a satisfactory substitute. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to say, hey, that's a bad thing. You know, right. <laughs> it could be worse. He could be doing drugs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but no, it, he's reading. He's yeah. improving himself. Right. Yeah. And he but, makes him feel like he's doing something productive sure, at the same time. Sure. Sure. It's a way of 
teasing yourself into thinking that, okay, I'm really okay with myself, mm-hmm. but I'm not. Mm-hmm. I know I'm not. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, pastor, I knew this is killing, but last example, mm-hmm. anytime he would get stuck writing his message for any reason, he would just get insecurities about writing his message. Yeah. He would automatically go into reading the Bible. Yeah. Even though he's doing a good thing, it's a necessary thing. Yeah. But it was an avoidance tactic. Yeah. He would read it in his office. It looked like he's. Right. For a sermon. Right. I was like, he's I'm reading his Bible, and then Saturday night comes and he goes on to sermons.com and downloads the sermon, right? <laughs> yes. That's what it was. But it was an avoidance tactic yeah, for him, right. you know? Sure. He wasn't pulling verses out. Well, and anything. see, that's the thing that's resistance like this is so insidious that you can even do good things for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. Because, like you deftly pointed out, you know, hey, there's nothing ipso facto wrong with doing those things. It's yeah. just that you know you're doing it to avoid doing something else. Yes. It's and the awareness factor. It, it is. And that's why Yoga Berry, you can observe a lot just by watching it. That's one of the things that we've got to watch out for. But here's the key, I think, in this, is that in order to understand your areas of persistent resistance, you have to look at it in more than just one context. You've got to look at the things that you're resisting in a number of different settings. Because face it, we probably all have things that we're resisting that are a multitude of things. And if we can identify what's common between the various things we're missing and that we're resisting, then we'll get an idea of what that underlying belief system is that needs to be remedied. And when we can get a hold of that, then you can get real breakthrough. So let me give you an example. as a personal example. I was doing some journaling the other day, and I realized that I was experiencing some resistance. And so I wrote in my journal that, okay, I'm feeling resistant about this, so I need to lean into it. And even as I wrote that, I was like, I think I want to get up and take a break, go get some water. You know, so I, I could tell right away my behavior was everything but leaning in to try to understand what was going on. I wanted yeah. to avoid it. You know, I wanted, oh, I, of course. And so I leaned into it. I said, you know, this is not going to do me any good just to try to find the escape hatch. I got to try to figure out what's going on here. So I realized that I've had this website that I've been wanting to launch for the last five months. I've been working on it, but I haven't been really driven to get it out there. And this is a website I feel very good about. It's going to help CEOs with some of their strategic thinking and improve their strategic capability. I'm very pleased with what we're putting together with this. It's just taken like forever. And I realized that this is not something I'm leaning into, that I'm actually feeling the resistance to get this thing done. Hmm. So I was like journaling about that. And I'm like, what is going on here? What is, I was just leaning into that a little bit, you know, and just filling pages of this. I realized that this is not just a one-time thing. It's not just happening this week. I can't equate it to being tired, you know, or to having too full of a schedule because while I have a full schedule, I had times when I could work on this, but I choose like to read a book, you know, or to do do the other things that you were describing earlier, right? I choose other positive things, but that was just, if I'm honest with it, it's avoidance. Mm -hmm. So I had this idea that was persistent. I want to get this website up. And I realized that I have the same problem with respect to the kind of book that I want to write. I've got a writing engagement that I'm working on to publish a book. And I've got like four ideas and I'm having a hard time drilling into and getting it established, which one I'm going to do. Yeah. And I realized that those two things, the resistance is the same. The behavior between the two is the same. And, And I wrote down as I was doing my journaling on this, I wrote down the, the common behavior between those is that I fiddle. You know, I'm fiddling with them. Yeah. I'm fiddling with the website, but I'm not putting it out there. Mm. 
that's the underlying behavior. And you know, Myers-Briggs, you train on Myers-Briggs, yeah. right? And that's the P inside of the perceiverness right. inside of me. That's keeping all the options open, all the right. possibilities, looking at everything and putting an idea on top of an idea, mm-hmm. you know? And if there's one thing that's true, I think I love the idea of the idea more than I love seeing the idea come to life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's the just execution. like, Hey, I'm just going to keep making this thing better yeah. and bigger and the bigger it gets the more my resistance came to it because it seems like it was daunting, right? It's almost like a perfection as a tool of avoidance until it's perfect. Yes, it's perfection of idea before execution. Right. I got to get it perfect in my mind before I start working on it, right? Uh, How many times have we felt that? Okay, so that's the common behavior. And then the last step was, all right, so what's the underlying emotion that's causing that, right? Yeah. And I think this might be a common emotion for all of us that go through this persistent resistance, but mine was fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I had to label it. So. Totally agree with that. Oh, yeah. So here's what I'm afraid of, just being a little vulnerable here. I was afraid that I'm going to try this and I'm going to fail at it. You know, I'm going to put it out there. And it's going to be a yawner, either the book or the website, mm-hmm. and it's not going to go anywhere. And even worse than that is that other people are going to see that it's a failure. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it's not only just that it's a failure, but another fear I had was realizing that other people will see it as yeah. such as well. Not only that, not only will they see it, but they're going to compare it to others who are successful in doing similar things. So now I'm going to get the ding of comparison, right? Right. And then finally, I'm going to have to give up something in order to make it happen. In other words, I'm going to have to surrender the other things that I'm choosing, perhaps out of avoidance. Oh, yeah. In order to make this thing a reality. Yeah. Now, here's the conundrum or the dilemma that I have. If I give up something that I'm currently pursuing in order to pursue something that I want to do as well then the thing that I'm giving up could be construed as a failure, Hmm. which then contributes to this fear that I've had all along that in some ways I don't win. So I've got to choose the thing that I'm going to fail at. Yeah. That's the big thing. That was the big takeaway for me. And that was a dilemma that takes me right back to that episode that you and I did episode 48 on shame based thinking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When I get this dilemma of, okay, so I got to choose which thing I'm going to fail in, and I'm trying to embrace both. I don't want to fail in either one of them. By doing, I'm failing in both. Yep. And then by saying that and by going through that, the problem is, is that I believe that there's something wrong with me when I do that, hmm. as opposed to just say, hey, it's okay to put something aside and fail in it, learn from it, go on. That's growth and grace, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what we talked about in episode 48. So I was able to not be entirely shame resilient, like we talked about, but I was able to see it, Yeah, which is, I think, a big, big step to overcoming it. So when you face persistent resistance like that, it's important to kind of take a look. What's going on underneath? Yeah. So a lot of times, I mean, even the things that we've been talking about right now, so we talked about these avoidance tactics. So that's kind of like seeing the glacier but not seeing what's underneath Mm -hmm. the water, which is 75% of it is under the water, right? Mm -hmm. So it's good to be aware of kind of the tactics that you use to avoid. But after you start becoming aware of your own tactics, I think what you're assessing and what you're pointing out is going to that deeper level of figuring out why. Ask that question, why do I do that? What is at the root of it? And what you're pointing out is just the fear. I completely agree to that Mm -hmm. because my biggest reason for persistent resistance is it's not even fear of failure. It's a fear of rejection. Mm. That is my biggest issue. Mm. Just growing up being rejected my entire life. Mm-hmm. Woes me. But Well, you, you know, talked about that in the need for approval episode. Yep. Right? So just from the get-go. Not feeling like you fed in. Yep. Right? 
country I was born in, wrong religion. Next country I go to, wrong country. Come right. into this country, wrong everything, mm-hmm. right? It's wrong religion, wrong country, wrong mm-hmm. culture, wrong... So I've constantly been rejected and isolated. So it's become so subconscious that I'm not even aware what my greatest fear is. So every time I go into launching something, going, speaking, going, doing anything, my biggest fear is rejection. Mm. I can't handle rejection. And the idea of rejection just cripples me and paralyzes me so much that I resist the idea of doing it mm-hmm. so that I don't have to face that rejection. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. It's it's much easier to not put yourself out there than put yourself out there and face the rejection. Yes. Right. And so back to the point, Larry, you were just talking about, you were talking about the two parts of resistance. Mm-hmm. You're saying right. behaviors and beliefs of resistance. Mm-hmm. I feel like my beliefs of resistance are what cripple me the most mm-hmm. is I automatically go into the negative of the outcome, right? Mm-hmm. So my belief is that if I do this thing, that it's going to have a negative outcome. I'm going to have rejection. Mm-hmm. And that becomes my belief. So I automatically resist because I want to resist the negative. I won't go into the positive. I won't think, hey, people are going to embrace me if I go speak or if I launch this business that it will be successful or if I, yeah. whatever. That's a huge point you're making, Armin, because you're right. We don't tend to think about the positive outcome here. We always go to the negative, right? That's really the basis of fear. You don't fear success as much. I mean, I right. suppose some people really do, but but maybe underneath all that is fearing something else, which is much more catastrophic. Mm-hmm. Fact of the matter, I think we all know, we can rationalize the fact that it's an irrational kind of fear, but that's totally. what fear is. So you have to embrace and accept that it's there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't do any good to say, you know, no fear, you know, yeah. <laughs> you wear the t-shirt, no fear, you know, yep. because it is there. Now, here's the scary part of this is even the very act of diving into this and trying to understand all the things that you might be afraid of yeah itself could be a form of avoidance oh totally you know cuz you can get into this navel gazing where you're trying to say why am i always this way why am i blah 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 why 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 and when you try to ask the why question you can ask it from two different angles like we talked about in the episode 48 you can think about it from the grace angle why am I doing this? Because I want to get better at it. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to understand it so I can improve upon it. And that's giving yourself grace. The other part of it is to say, why am I doing this? Because I keep doing this and there's something wrong with me and blah, 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 which is the guilt or the shame part of it. Right. Right. That there's something wrong mm-hmm. with who I am. Mm-hmm. So it's important to ask when you ask that why question, sometimes you have to just say, you know, I don't think I'll ever get to the end of pulling that thread on why. Right. And you say, I've got to move on. I know that I can never understand fully the why. I know that there's some fears there. Like I listed four that I discovered in my journaling through this. Mm-hmm. But to say, okay, those fears are now gone because I recognize them is not being truthful. Mm-hmm. They're still there. Mm-hmm. They're still going to have an impact on me. But I can recognize them and I could say, all right, am I going to let that have power over me? Yeah. And I won't be fully free of it. I don't think any of us ever are. But I think we can become more resilient to it. And that's the key. Right. And as long as you're aware of the situation, you can start actually putting a plan together. So if my go-to based on my fear is negative, I say with every negative, I'm going to place a positive. Mm -hmm. So I will not process the negative. I know I can't stop myself from processing Mm -hmm. the negative. It's innately ingrained in me for now, and I can make my way out of it, but it's not going to be an overnight change. I know this is a process. So I know in my process, I'm going to include forcing myself to think of the positive outcome as much as the negative. Yeah, and that's another important point you're making because you know researchers have shown 
that you can't make a behavior change by saying, don't do something. Right. You make behavior change by affirming something that you mm-hmm. want to believe. So you don't say, I'm going to stop being fearful. Yeah. You need to say, I, I am going to embrace you know, whatever that truth is. I'm going to embrace mm-hmm. the fact that I have something to offer as yeah. opposed to being fearful that I don't. I'm going to embrace that I have something to offer rather than feeling like I'm going to automatically be rejected. Yeah. One of the biggest messages that I've been trying to convey lately, I just really felt that God's put it strongly on my heart, is this power of belief. And you heard me talk about this, but I believe without a doubt that our biggest challenge is not our devotion. It is not our discipline. I don't even think it's our fears and doubts. I think our greatest challenge is truly believing, whether that's believing the promises of God, believing in ourselves, believing in whatever. Mm -hmm. I think belief is our greatest challenge. Even in the Bible, when Jesus is asked, what is the work that we have to do for God? His only response was one thing. And this is a Jewish culture where they have work upon work to do to find favor with God. He says, you have one thing to do, and that's to believe in the one that he sent. Mm -hmm. His one work was belief. Mm -hmm. And even in the gospel of John, 98 times, a minimum of 98 times, the word belief comes up Mm -hmm. because it is one of the hardest things that we have to do is believe. And I feel like there's something so, so impactful about the Bible that it constantly tells you, even if you don't believe in yourself, believe that I will do it for you. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't believe that you're strong enough, believe that I will be your strength and your weakness. Mm-hmm. In any situation, I love the fact that when we turn into the Bible, it says, even if you can't believe in yourself, believe in me that I love you enough yeah, to get you good. through it, right? That's good. And so I think this whole belief system thing is one of the biggest, most powerful things that we can grasp and we can change our belief systems. We can change the way that we do things and change this whole persistent resistance thing. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I mean, even the man who had a demon-possessed son came to Jesus and said, you know, if you can heal him, would you? And she said, you know, if I can. He goes, yeah. he goes I, believe, I believe, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. Yes. And I think that's where we're at with this, is that there's a part of us that knows that we are to believe mm-hmm. and want to embrace that. And yet there's also this part of us that has deep unbelief. Mm-hmm. The grace of God, though, helps us in our unbelief. Right. That's a beautiful thing. So here's the thing with this persistent resistance is to lean into it, to understand it, to look at it, to mm-hmm. say, where are the areas where I am avoiding? Yeah. You know, I'm avoiding doing the very thing that I want to do. Mm-hmm. When you think about it, there's something wrong. If you really yeah. want to do it yep. and you're avoiding doing it, then ask yourself, why is that? Why? Yeah. I don't think you can just jump to why. I guess that's the point of this episode is that you can't just jump to the why and then have the answer. You've got to look at what are some of the behaviors that you're doing, the avoidance behaviors, and what are some of the emotional triggers that trigger those. And then once you do that, you can get a little better handle on what the why is. Now, does that give you a breakthrough? I mean, in the sense that does that give you the how you overcome it? Well, I don't think it does. It gives you a leg up on seeing when it happens, makes you more resilient to it. But Right. I think when you know you and I were talking about this, I think we both agreed there's no formula here. No, nope. there is no take these five steps and right. you will be free of resistance for the right. rest of your life. Yeah, uh, this is something we're all going to wrestle with. But the key is is that getting underneath it a little bit more and saying, "All right, what are the things that are driving me to this?" and being able to nail that and to identify it when we lean into it and we're not afraid to name what it is, just as I'm putting this out in this episode and you've talked about the things that you're fearful of, it takes the power of it away. Yes. Because we're just saying, that's it. That's what I know I'm facing. And when I know what it is, 
that is my enemy, the thing that's going to cause me to want to avoid it, when I know what's driving that, mm-hmm. for me, it's this sense of wanting to be successful with it, not being a failure at it. When For you, it's the rejection thing. When you know what some of those underlying fears are, it takes away the sting as much. You, know, it, you don't Certainly. have to be driven by it as, as much. And Certainly. putting it out there, even sharing it with a friend or telling the whole world like we, <laughs> like we are today. <laughs> hey, here's our vulnerability, <laughs> right? So maybe that maybe that helps take the sting out of it as Make well. Naked in front of the world. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, I completely agree with that. I think that's absolutely right on. I know you're a big journaling guy. And yeah. I know this is a big awareness tool that a lot of people could use. And I'd rather have you talk about it than me because I'm still a novice at it. But I know you say that journaling is a big part of this whole awareness of your resistance. Well, we're going to do an episode, I think, next time on emotional intelligence as well. And yeah. becoming self-aware is, of course, a big part of that. And we talked about journaling way back in episode 24. Persistent resistance and the things that I uncovered really would not have happened if I hadn't been journaling on this in the last week or so. And just trying to understand all those things. When you take time to write reflectively about what's happening with your life, it allows you to really activate some slow thinking, mm-hmm. you know, because we're often just so reactionary to things, totally. right? And when you can stop and you can reflectively think about what is driving you, what are some of the things that are keeping you from accomplishing what you want to do? Mm-hmm. And the key is to say, I can feel the resistance to even thinking about this and writing it down. And you just say, I got to keep going. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to explore where that is. It's like you start to take, like we talked about a minute ago, you start to take the power away from it yeah. just by exploring it. Yep. And I don't know of any better way to do that than journaling. Uh, that's for me personally. That's what works really, really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people probably can talk it out with another person. But I know that some of these things that I'm fearful of and deal with, Nobody would have the patience to listen to how much I need to process on some of this stuff. Oh, absolutely. You know, and that's the beautiful thing about writing is the page is going to always be blank in front of you. (laughs) There's always space to travel down that road. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, that's for me, many of that writing is just a prayer to God. And that's the best place to take it anyway. Yeah. To your point, Larry, here's one thing I realized from journaling is that there's so many times I have these revelations about myself Mm -hmm. or about whatever And I think to myself, it's such a big revelation, I won't forget it. Two months later, I think back, because I'm having a similar situation, or two years later, whatever it is, and I think, oh, I remember this. I figured it out, but I can't remember it. Yeah, right. You knew you had a toehold on something, but all the pieces weren't there yet. And then two years later, another piece comes into play, but you don't know how to put it in the puzzle because the puzzle's (laughs) been put on the shelf, or you don't know where it's at anymore. And my memory banks are worthless. (laughs) Memory banks... Yeah, especially because we reconstruct our memories anyway. Totally, yeah. yeah. So when I started journaling, I remember one of the first times I was like, journaling is freaking awesome, yeah. right? Is I remember having a revelation. I woke up and I wrote. Uh-huh. That's I don't do that. Yeah. But I was journaling at the time because of you. And I wrote it down. And I remember two and a half months later, I ran into a situation. And I tried to think back of my big old revelation that I could not remember. Uh-huh. And I thought, ah, oh, crap, not again. Yeah. I was like, oh, wait, I wrote it down. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There's a miracle of a journal. And I went back and it was so big for me. <laughs> oh, good. It, it was really big yeah. for me. So just to your point, yeah. I think writing it down, journaling, it does help you kind of start putting pieces together because you won't figure it out overnight. And there is no cookie cutter answer. Yeah, right. So, Well, if we want to get into this understanding or finding you know, where your persistent resistance is, how to locate that. Really, the steps to do this, I know that there, we said there's no formula for overcoming the resistance, but I think that there are some pretty simple, straightforward ways that you can go about 
well, I said simple. The idea is simple. The work isn't. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we've got to be here. truthful about that. Yeah. But there are some simple things that you can do that take a lot of work. But first is to write down the things that you know you want to do, but you just haven't done it. You've wanted to do it for a long time, but just haven't done it. That's a, it could be a very simple list. It might be one item. It might be two or three. And frankly, it's better when it's two or three. You're going to gain more insight when you have a few things that you know you've been resisting. Second, what are the behaviors that you do in avoidance? You know, like mm. you mentioned your friend that yeah. reads or the one that reads the Bible or whatever. We all have our avoidance behaviors and they can look good or they can be destructive, mm-hmm. you know. So write them down either way because those avoidance behaviors are what is keeping you from achieving that. But underneath that avoidance behavior, you're choosing that behavior for an emotional reason. So write down what that emotion is and then take it a step further to try to understand, okay, what belief is contributing to that emotion? We kind of walked through that already with our examples, but that's just a review of at least a way you can go to try to find what might be your persistent resistance. I love it. That sounded like a really in-depth challenge. Maybe we want to do a simple one-step challenge, me? Yeah, well, maybe the one-step challenge would be just to start with an area. Just write down where you think you're getting persistent resistance, you know? Someone once said that you must love an idea enough to see it to come to existence. Mm. And the idea here is that if you are wanting to do something, love it enough, romance it enough. I know we talked about this in one of our episodes long, long ago, but love it, romance it enough to come to see it into existence. And that means that you've got to overcome the resistance. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine said that you can measure the size of your commitment by what it takes to stop you. Ooh. And that's what resistance that's does. It stops us and it measures the size of our commitment. So if we really want to love something to make it exist, then we've got to do the work of leaning in and finding out where our areas of persistent resistance are. And then lean into the very thing that you want to have come to life. Amen. Well, I mean, I know we could keep talking about this for a while just because it's such a topic that hits home. Yeah, but we'll resist. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But we do have to end the show at some point. So uh, if you enjoyed this show, please make sure, or if you want even notes from this show, please make sure you go to www.reinventure.me backslash 61 because we're on episode 61. And if you liked the episode, would you just please do us a favor? Leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher and tell your friends about it. You can find us at reinventure.me backslash iTunes or reinventure.me backslash Stitcher. If you have any questions or comments for us, feel free to leave them on reinventure.me or call us at 612 314 five four four seven now, don't resist yeah don't resist that <laughs> leave that resistance alone or join our discussion on facebook.com backslash reinventure me so for now we bid you adieu we'll see you next time so long you've been listening to the reinventure me podcast with your host larry gates and armin asadi 